All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. I know that, Mr. Man. They also call them cereals. I'm not stupid, you know. The story is ludicrous. You can imagine where it goes from here. Fixes the cable. We've met before, haven't we? I don't think so. At your house, don't you remember? No, I don't. As a matter of fact, I'm there right now. Call me. I like to remember things my own way, not necessarily the way they happened. Someone broke in and taped us while we slept. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, welcome to the Black Dog Video After Dark podcast that's after dark it's no longer black dog video but this is still the black dog video after dark podcast also known as black dog ad see i didn't i didn't forget that part um i am your host one of your hosts darren gay i was a former owner of black dog video in vancouver on commercial drive and on canby street uh canby street still has a video store over there no longer black dog um, video cat uh, go send them your your love if you can they could use all the help they can get well that doesn't sound that doesn't sound good does it it sounds like he's like struggling it's, um, it's reality it's reality go go rent and buy movies off rj he's a good dude anyways um i'm uh the one of your hosts and uh yeah i just announced that uh, so i can yeah. stop talking about myself right now and sitting to my left um as always is i'm alex chisholm i'm a former employee of black dog video and an I'm a programmer at the Rio Theater, and uh, yeah, I'm here to talk about a movie with the person with the person you just heard from, and the next person <laughs> you're about to hear from. Please introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Josie Boyce, and I also used to work at Black Dog Video more than once. I'm the only person who's worked there a couple of times. That's true. I, I had a couple of tours. I, I was even the manager at one time, so I call myself the former manager often. And uh, I now work at Videomatica because apparently there are other video store jobs available. <laughs> they wouldn't hire me, but that's okay. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> they wouldn't hire me when I first moved to Vancouver and uh, sold my own store. Yeah. And I closed my, uh, my shop and they still wouldn't hire me. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they, maybe BJ just doesn't like you. No, BJ's a good dude. He likes yeah. me. Anyways, uh, we're not going to get into any kind of no. politics or... No. I like Videomatica. They do good work over yes. there. And I'm glad you're working there. I think it's yeah. awesome. Oh, the no, heated too. world of video store politics. Yeah, right? I know. Wow, it's crazy. We could... Uh, we Blood could feuds. <laughs> um, yeah, they're one of our regular hosts. Uh, what's that guy's name? Um, the other guy that works well, he's here. He's an Irish guy or something. Irish right? guy or something. Like, uh, he's got red hair. I don't know. Oh, yeah. He's always angry. The uh, Lucky Charms guy. The Lucky right. Charms guy. Yeah. yeah guy, that guy. Uh, Dylan. Dylan Reimer is... Uh, is absent he's uh he had to go over to the i think he's over at the queen's funeral i think he's one of the pallbearers or something like that i think so yeah, yeah. so yeah he's uh he's going to be away for a little while so we're going to plug along and make do without uh without him driving the ship so you're gonna have to put up with me trying to do this um and we'll see how it goes yeah anyways uh the movie that we are discussing this week is 1997's david lynch uh, weirdo fest uh, lost highway for some reason, it's also the third. I, I think that's how it was marketed, actually. Yeah, Weirdo Fest. Weirdo Fest. <laughs> well, you can you can say that pretty much about all of his movies, maybe except for like um, Straight, Straight Star Story. Straight Story, yeah. yeah. And even the Elephant Man has some weird stuff in it. But yep. for some reason, this is the third movie in a row that we've done from the year 1997. Oh, yeah, we did um, uh, Starship Troopers was our oh, last yeah. one, and before that uh, was Event Horizon. 
So for some reason, <laughs> we're stuck in 97. Glitch in the Matrix. Yeah, not a bad year because, you know, three, you know, well, mm-hmm. we'll discuss whether we like this movie or not at the end. But um, yeah, let's, uh, let's kick it off with yeah. Alex. Uh, the first time you watched this movie and your first impressions. Uh, the first time I saw it was as a brand new film when I was living in Montreal. And uh, I fell asleep the first time I watched it. Uh-huh. I made a second attempt to watch it when it was new on VHS in like a year later, 98 or 99. Mm-hmm. And again, I fell asleep about halfway through. You should have maybe went to go see a doctor about your crazy, uh, what's that guy, narcolepsy? Is it narcolepsy? Yeah. Is that, or is that when you steal things? No. No, narcolepsy is when you keep when falling you asleep. Fall asleep. Okay. <laughs> a few years ago, maybe even a little bit more than a few years ago, I took out the DVD from the shop. Never attempted the Blu-ray, but I did take out the DVD. And again, and I'm not joking, I fell asleep <laughs> again about halfway, three quarters through. Maybe you should watch it standing up or something. So eventually I watched it from start to finish on my fourth attempt, which was at the Rio Theater this summer. Wow. We showed an anniversary edition of it. So you don't really have a first impression. You just have like one impression. Which Half was about, impression. Like, when, when, when it was about two months ago, we watched that. It induces sleep. That was my yeah. first my first three impressions. <laughs> you, should have wrote, you should have wrote that on the box. Induces sleep, raves Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that'll get the rent. Sweet <laughs> dreams. Yeah. What, about you, what about you, Josie? What's your Well, uh, you know, uh, it's a funny story, really. The first time I saw it, was actually I didn't go see it in the theater for some reason. I generally did go see the Lynch movies in the theater, and that was literally the first one I hadn't seen in the theater. Um, just never got around to it. And then uh, I tried to watch it on tape one time back in the celluloid drugstore days to pitch another video store I worked at mm-hmm. at the same location as Black Dog Video. Uh, we had the tape, and I fell asleep. Did you watch it with Alex? No, yeah, like, before did, I before I knew Alex. Did you guys have a sleepover? And, no, <laughs> before I knew Alex, I tried to watch it on tape, fell asleep. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll try and watch it again sometime. It's Lynch. I'm sure. Uh-huh. I'm sure it's good. Yeah. And I just never really got around to it again until we got the DVD in like 2005 or 2006, wherever we got all our Lynch DVDs that Simon hadn't sold. Right. Uh, when you took over, you had to restock everything. Remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I fell asleep. It's kind of a similar story to what Alex was saying. What's going on here? I I think this movie has the secret to, uh, if you have sleeping issues. Um, And uh, so I never watched it again. I was like, okay, that movie. No, maybe just not the Lynch movie for me or something. Right? So then I, last year, I was re-watching a bunch of movies that I hadn't seen in a while. And we had a Blu-ray that we'd just gotten of uh, Lost Highway. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I'll I'll try Lost Highway. And I watched it, and I didn't fall asleep. Whoa, all right. <laughs> Finally broke yeah, the wall. Yeah, So that's my sort of first impression of seeing the whole movie was like a year and a half ago. Did you, did, did you, so, you watched, so the first time you actually watched the whole thing was a year and a half ago. Yeah. Then you, what did you think? Um, I liked it more than when it made me fall asleep. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, uh, but I still had, uh, yeah, I still had some, you know, things that confused me and, uh, <laughs> really? yeah, uh, <laughs> but maybe not all the things that other people are confused by because it's actually a pretty straightforward story just told by like a surrealist with no sense of linear time. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, but we're watching it just Friday for this podcast. I was like, I couldn't really remember kind of the order of things, how things happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd written a review, but it hadn't, it was not a review that kept track of 
how things happen. Right? Well, he wasn't like a like a going through the yeah, plot. No, I don't. I don't really do those kind of reviews. Yeah. I just kind of like I don't want to be spoilery in my letterboxed. Yeah, fair enough. Right. So I I kind of had one that just talked about what I liked about it and mm-hmm. what I didn't like, and so on. And I actually liked it more after writing a review. Oh, interesting. Why don't you thought about yeah, it? Yeah. Well, well, as I was writing it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was interesting. And then, you know, kind of thinking about it. It's it's a movie that I think even if you don't like it you probably want to talk to somebody about it who's seen it. Yeah. And and it might just reinforce your 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 take, but it mm-hmm. might not. I feel like there might be some things that you'll go, "Oh, yeah, fair yeah, maybe I'll watch it again," you know? Yeah. And and I feel like that's that's Lynch's strength is that sometimes stuff maybe you didn't you didn't appeal to you at first down the road you yeah. get. I feel that way kind of about uh, Twin Peaks, like Twin Peaks, like the the series yeah. or the, uh, the the series or the the, the movie, the series, like yeah. Uh, yeah, the movie didn't do much for me. The original, like yeah. what is that, the Fire Fire Walk, Fire Walk with me. me, yeah, yeah. And I think because I hadn't seen the whole series, I'd only seen bits of it and didn't like it much, right? But I went to the movie because it was David Lynch in the theater, yeah, and yeah, that's a know. movie. It's you got you have to watch the series before, yeah, because um, like I I just rewatched uh, Fire Walk with me maybe about two or three months ago. And I liked it a lot more in the first time I saw it. The first time there I saw it, I didn't really like it much at all. Yeah. I just found it kind of just um, left a bad taste in my mouth or something. Yeah. There was just something ugly about it. But, I didn't but, some, like. but somehow I loved the season three or whatever that new yeah. Twin Peaks was. Yeah. That And without going back and looking at any of the old stuff. Yeah. I think that it's his best work, maybe. Oh, well, yeah, that's that's a that's a bold statement yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah the, the thing about Firewalk With Me, you, you have to watch it after you've seen at least the first season because it yeah. tells you who the killer is. Right, yeah. And you don't want it because that part of the, the fun of, uh, of Twin that. Peaks is, you know, because they have all these red herrings and all these people who it could be. And that's what yeah. killed the magic of that show for me was they ended up solving it way too soon. And yeah, was it like the first episode of the second season or something like something that? Like that yeah. early in the second season i remember being so frustrated and disappointed because i was completely hooked on season one and its mm. original run mm-hmm. and then they and they two. did that and i always wondered why it felt like such a cop-out and it wasn't until you know the internet age and like wikipedia whatever just the past couple of years were when i started reading a 10 or whatever how many years ago on the internet you read online that you know lynch was a lot less involved in the second season and there was network pressure to solve Mm. the crime and things like that and it would have been i it could have who knows for sure but it would have been so much better i think had they left it unsolved and you continue to have these strange adventures yeah well you can really tell when lynch is not involved in season two and when he is like the beginning and the end of season two are really strong that's when he was you know had his all his fingers in there anyways we're not talking about twin peaks yeah yeah Um, this is easy sidetrack i think well because it's lynch you know his body work is you can talk about the whole thing right yeah um i guess uh yeah the first time i saw lost i was probably in the theater i actually i don't exactly remember um i i did not fall asleep um, so I've, I've seen it three times. I have yet to fall asleep. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've remembered liking it, but just being baffled and thinking it wasn't, you know, I like, you know, I just, it was a few years after, it was, yeah, it was after Wild at Heart yeah. and, uh, which I thought was great. And, you know, Blue Velvet is a masterpiece, I think. Um, and, and uh, after Twin Peaks too, right? Yeah. So. After Twin Peaks. Um, I guess you can see where he was sort of, um, evolving into his weird surrealism, even more so like, mm-hmm. um. Uh, than his previous stuff when he's, uh, he did Mulholland Drive next, which is far better film. 
um, I think. And uh, but weird. And Inland Empire is one the only one of his I have not seen. Which I hear is like that's that's. The I other fell one. asleep during it, and I'm really? not joking. I, I, I fell asleep twice <laughs> in, in, in Inland Empire. I've only attempted it once, and I fell asleep. But I know pre- it's a revered they movie. Pre- they should prescribe like uh, like uh, Lynch yeah. movies that people I, have trouble sleeping. I, I've also fallen asleep in Eraserhead. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I watched Eraserhead for the first time this year. Yeah, and I loved it. I thought it was yeah. amazing. It I is amazing. It, yeah. it is not is not a good first date movie. I haven't seen it in years. I, I'm I, sure it's not. I, I went on a first date movie with it. Nice. Yeah. I invited. Oh, actually, I went to my friend's house. This woman, uh, Carol, she wanted to see it, and I wanted to see it. I hadn't seen it yet, and you know, it was on. I I think it. You know, I I missed the original run or whatever, of course, because it was before I was really going to art films. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we, I got a tape of it from, uh, I think now gone Winnipeg, uh, place Movie Village. Probably. It gone. was often. It was you know compared. It was like the Black Dog of, or maybe the Videomatica in terms of size. Right. Right. Of of Winnipeg. And I got a tape from there and took it over to her house and we settled in to watch it, kind of snuggled up, you know, and then she fell asleep and I didn't really want to wake her up because, you know, it's like, okay, she's yeah. not really into it. And then I fell asleep and then we both woke up right at the end with the baby. <laughs> that, that's the first, she saw it and screamed. And then I screamed because she was screaming and I woke up. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Wow, David Lynch is uh, he has his ways, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's talk a little bit about this uh, this movie. He describes it as something called a psycho psychogenic fugue. Okay. <laughs> Which, I, get, I get the fugue part, I guess. Yeah, yeah. it has to do with like um, like a, almost like schizophrenia or something like that. Different states of mind and this and that. Um, I don't know what he's talking about really, but uh, I I kind of I kind of took it as you know, and I'm sure this wasn't his intent. But within you know your modern movies that you have like the uh, that that Michelle Yeoh one, whether it's that the Everything All at Once mm. movie, I almost looked at it as more of a like alternate. You're in one you're in one universe, and then all of a sudden you're in another universe where things are slightly different. Some of the people are the same, mm-hmm. but some of them are different and and even weirder. Yeah, than they were in this original weird universe. Yeah, <laughs> you know? but it, uh, in the Michelle Yeoh Yeo movie. Um, it seems to make a lot more sense. It does. I think it's, 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 late, this, it's is, this is this is much more of a subtle, like it could be anything yeah. kind of thing. Well, with the, just my own rationalization of why shit's happening. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like uh, in a movie like uh, Everything, Every whatever the fuck it's called, yeah. um, it's there's exposition that lays yes. out what's happening. Exactly. Uh, David Lynch doesn't really. He's like not to do doing that. exposition <laughs> ever. No, no he's no. not an exposition. Not his not his strong guy. strong suit. No. <laughs> so yeah, it's you know it's a it's a it's a weird film. Like I I. It's for, all about implication. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, implication house so. rather than exposition. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's a very solid take, I think. Yeah, I uh, I get the same vibe. Josie was just, you know, you were just touching on with the whole, uh, yeah, two universes, and there is this crossover. You know? is, yeah, is, is it is it two universes? Or is it two universes, or is two it, similar worlds, or is it all like okay, so the. Let's get a little rundown on the yeah. Not much. The we don't have to go about the plot, but anyways, like the first the first half of the movie is like this cool, like neo noir, yeah, um, fun mystery kind of thing. It's creepy as fuck. Very um, creepy. Yeah, very and creepy. As it goes, it gets going along. It uh, it sort of starts to unravel a bit, like in sense making. I found um, once you're introduced to uh, Robert Blake's uh, weirdo uh, well, character. Well, and, and and for me, I feel like when you when Robert Blake really comes into it. And it starts to change the tone a bit. Mm-hmm. It it goes from being like a kind of fifties fifties ish noir, like later noir, 
with that, you know, because it is the the jazz and the sort yeah. of the, the, oh, the, the, mad, that, the, the mad jazz, the mad jazz kind of stuff yeah. in that. And then it becomes like the wild one or something because it's his Belthazar Getty is, you know, the Bill Pullman or whatever, mm-hmm. the, the Bill Pullman stand in in this universe. And, you know, he's much more of this like Johnny Depp, yeah. teen faced 20 year old. Yeah. Who goes out with his friends who have motorcycle jackets and stuff, That's right? right? They're all cool, you know. But is really just sort of the same kind of abusive asshole as Bill Pullman was. Yeah, well, he's you know? he he seems more like a uh, like a sort of a gullible yeah. kind of you know schmo that that you always yeah. see in in noirs. You're always yeah. being taken advantage of by the yeah. the femme so they're, fatale. They're they're these these guys are kind of you know different star ar- archetypes of like the main character in one of these noirs, right? Mm. You know, and and well, well, Patricia Arquette with different names is really the same character, right? Yeah, the femme femme fatale, right? She's the femme fatale, whether she has brown hair or blonde hair. Yeah, Yeah. well, she's amazing in this film, and she—it's not even like line delivery, anything she says, nothing like that, but her presence, Yeah. yeah, and especially linking the two stories together. She's just the way she's photographed and stuff in this film. It's it's she's almost like kind of a monument yeah, linking right. the two together. She's yeah. I did feel bad for her in a couple scenes. Well, of course, yeah, but, of um, course. But yeah, I just but, mean yeah that that scene that scene with uh, Robert Loggia with oh, God. where she has to audition. It's yeah. Like, oh yeah. That's got to be pretty rough. There, yeah. there, I saw a thing where she was talking about it. I don't remember where it was, but she was talking about how. Um, you know, she she said, you know, people talk about, oh, you did all this nudity and stuff, right? And like, well, it was, must have been really yeah. hard. And she was like, I made everybody except for the people that that were had to be there. Yeah. Everybody, I said, if you if I don't recognize anybody who doesn't like shouldn't be here, mm-hmm. I am gonna fuck you up after the show. <laughs> yeah. And every and like forty union guys left apparently. Yeah. These like like guys who were just standing there to see her naked of or whatever, right? Well, and it's like, I'm dude, going on about her presence, and I yeah. don't just mean her no. nudity. Oh, no, sure you don't. But, but no, 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 but it's the change in I'm, wig. It's what, the costume. What, She's what just talk, got amazing your presence. T-shirt. You got a na- naked Patricia cut in your t-shirt. No, I yeah. do not. <laughs> uh, what she would, you know, the way she was talking about it, I'm like, she really had a handle on what her character was doing and the power that the character had and didn't have and and like she just was really well spoken on this film that a lot of people don't understand and i think probably even some of the people in it don't understand either yeah well from what i read also uh, lynch and the producers and stuff they were 100 percent behind her too they were made as comfortable and as yeah and as easy for her to do because they were kind of some rough scenes without necessarily the the big violence in it or anything Mm -hmm. but they were like rough scene to rough scenes to film yeah but she's an old pro at that stuff because let's not forget like true romance her character is brutalized in that film yeah patricia arcade i'm a really big fan especially i mean her her whole career awesome yeah no she's but she's in, really good especially in the 90s and i don't help me oh yeah only in the 90s i don't mean that at all but i just mean just the film I, she was in yeah yeah true romance is an all-time fave and yeah, she's just she's got great presence and she's just so tough like those characters yeah. and and as like you know a performer just the risk she's taking and stuff taking on these like really these yeah. parts that require Brutality and her, her characters quite often dish them out just as well. Well, that's just it, right? You know. But <coughs> this movie really creeps Uh-oh. me out in the Hang beginning, on. especially. Darren needs Go ahead. A, He's got a, I got a <coughs> glass of water. I guess the worst thing we could do is 
Darren's stepping away from the mic because he's choking. The worst thing we can do is ask him, hey, how you doing? Like, yeah. oh, Here I'm asking him why he's choking. Anyway, he's taking care of it. He's getting yeah. some water. Lost Highway starts off so creepy. The first yeah. half of it creeps me out so much because it's this really disturbing look at surveillance. Mm-hmm. At the time, like in this movie, I guess whatever, the the, they're being basically harassed by someone who's filming them. Yep. It's camcorder era when this film is made. Now that's a million times even easier to do to someone yeah. if you were to do something like that. Yeah. Like everyone's got a camera now and stuff. So this film says a lot about uh, surveillance and technology that way creeping in at the time and, and as a way to really, you know, mess with people. Well, and also because it's on um, like VHS or whatever, it has that. Like- grainy yeah. look to it which makes it look even creepier yeah very well creepy, that, the, yeah. the you know the main filming was done on film right mm-hmm. because lynch was like never going to do video yeah when he was making this and and he i remember reading something about or maybe it was an interview he did or something where he talked about how the idea that uh, you know the, the bill pullman says about i don't i don't like uh videotape i don't like seeing it even mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like videotape at all and was like his point of view. He didn't. Right. He didn't want to watch any films on but videotape. He, he, he didn't want to. He said you know, something like, um, "I like to remember things the yeah, way I remember them." The way I remember them, yeah. right? And that's key to that character. Key to the character and key to the the film. The, if the it, film. If, if you look at it like as the theory that I'm, I've been like doing a lot of reading yeah. and stuff and seeing what other people have to say and sort of mixing yeah. with my own stuff, which we'll get into later. Um, but uh, him, it's all in his mind, kind of yeah. stuff. Um, but that's sort of key to what you know what you see later on in the film as well um but for, for anybody that can make like a bland apartment look terrifying oh yeah like just that slow camera going down the hallway when it gets darker and darker apparently that's i've written that's uh lynch's one of lynch's i think it's his house yeah something. yeah he actually owned that house apparently yeah he had like the the hallway um yeah added to it or something for that scene and whatnot yeah but that's it's like and, a, that's and you so know creepy. the 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 uh, where when Robert Loggia out and gets out in the desert later in the film, mm-hmm. the stuff that happens there. I won't spoil it for anybody. But the stuff that ha- that that's the exact same spot where they filmed a big scene in uh, Mulholland Drive. Which uh, which big scene? Oh, with the uh, uh, okay, yeah, interesting. Where the accident happens, or right? Whatever. Yeah, that's it was like cool. Same same location. He, he liked the uh, he just liked the way it's it like looked, it's, I guess. it's a filmable place, you yeah. know. Like let's we'll use that again. Yeah, and the the one the one thing that I cracked me up because I went, I saw it the reel with Alex. Um, uh, I guess it was about two months. Well, ago. Well, we didn't see them together. Though. We didn't see them together. We didn't know. No. I guess I that's I went on a Saturday and you went on the. I weekend. went on my own. You were going to go again, but you decided. Yeah, not. and I remember actually I, I hopped on the bus. The number twenty bus because I was going downtown and I saw you walking alone to the theater. And, and I felt kind of oh, and I no, I almost I you, came you very felt, close to me. jumping off the yeah. I felt so oh, damn. Yeah, he's going to move himself. I, know, I felt like jumping <laughs> off the bus. And actually, oh hell, they're going to see it again. But I was meeting someone downtown. But I was intrigued enough to give it. You know, it would have been fun to watch it with you as well. But just yeah, I was willing to watch it a would second time that week. I would have. Yeah. I won't sit with Dylan. No, you but you're, you <laughs> watch <laughs> films. What's wrong with sitting with Dylan at the Alex won't sit with He's a one man mystery science theater <laughs> oh. blabber. Oh yeah. Because I, I, in the last podcast uh, we did Starship Troopers and we all planned to meet there to watch it, and uh, Dylan was a little bit late, and then so Alex knew Dylan was coming, so he didn't want to sit with Dylan and I. So Alex sat at the back. Dylan was late, so he sat somewhere else, and I sat somewhere else, which is 
crazy for three guys going the movie together. Yeah, yeah. All sat around the no one sat close to each yeah. other That's because hilarious. I did sit close to him a couple of times yeah. during like the Terminator, and I forget yeah. the other one. He just would not stop yakking, and I'm just like, <laughs> I, and I gave him that second chance because I did say in between, please, like, don't yak so much during the movie, and in fact, don't yak at all. And he did it again, and I'm just like, it reminded me of one of my all-time favorite sound bites from a movie, the '70s movie, The Deep. Louis Gossett Jr. says, "If his tongue moves again." Cut it. Like, I could just wish I could snap my finger. I would never want to do that to someone, but snap sure my finger and make that sound bite appear. I guess I could just look it up on my phone, make it a yeah, ringtone. Yeah, just have it play it on your just, phone all the time. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that's our little shout out to Dylan, who, yeah. who can't be here tonight. If you blab again, we, Dylan, we're cutting your tongue. Or at least Louis Gossett Jr. Nobody, in the deep's going to threaten to. Nobody's going to sit next to you at the movies. Actually, anymore, I like, Dylan. I, Sorry. I like, uh, I like uh, when Dylan and I set together, it's like for the sleepaway camp. It was a blast to chit chat through, not chit chat, but you know, enjoy yeah. enjoy along with the movie. Wow. It's a it's a late night movie. You know, we had a few pops. I, I think I think you 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 have to be. I I sometimes indulge in the chat during movies, mm. but it's always something I've seen a lot. Yeah, like and, the Terminator, and Terminator, seen or it's just really really horrible. Anyway, if yeah. it's, well, really, it's, if it's the first time and it's terrible and really objectively terrible, we can both sit there and make fun of it. That's yeah. fine. Well, if yeah. you're going to go ahead and do it, that's whatever. That's your choice, but <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to sit with you. I mostly don't, but I can. That's the thing. I mostly like, I was, I, you know, even sitting at home, I don't, sometimes I talk to myself. Well, I do the theater by myself. I just, I just yeah. blurt out, actually, I don't Just do blurt out things yeah. in the, yeah. the Rio. There's like 10 guy? people. But uh, the, the scene that I was going to mention that I thought was hilarious was uh, the scene when he's, uh, the, you play music with yep. his, the sax. Does anybody like like saxophone anymore? Does anyone even play saxophone anymore? Yes, really. Saxophone. I don't <laughs> get saxophone to me. I don't know why people. It's it's almost like this. I'm not accusing you of it, and Sounds I like hate using the word hipster, but. Because I know oh, you're not, but God. it's like, there seems to be a hipster tendency, and I'm not saying you're a hipster, but, to, and I don't even like using the word hipster really, but it's like, there seems to be this tendency lately for people to kind of put down saxophone. It's up there with pumpkin spice and pineapple on pizza. Like, who gives a shit? All three are great, but especially saxophone. And I constantly, <laughs> I even read this retro article about the 80s saying how it's like, oh yeah, and a big return of uh like the saxophone as if like 70s music wasn't like drenched in saxophone it was saxophones. there's yeah. nothing wrong with Trip saxophone and it's wonderful in this movie i i, I just think it, at the very least is better than rob lowe's and saint elsewhere saint oh. elmo's fire and not saint elsewhere saint elsewhere saint fire yeah. bill bill pullman learned how to play just the basic notes that he needed to play he never learned to be as good yeah. as the playing that happens. But well, there's like an insane. But he's actually he's actually hitting all the right notes apparently. Because really? it's yeah. insane when it's like it's like a Eddie Van Halen guitar yeah. solo, but with a saxophone. Yeah, yeah. Appar- like apparently, so intense, apparently he's hitting the right things, but it doesn't sound so. Good. No, I'm sure they added you know, overdub. Yeah, yeah that yeah. makes that makes sense. But he learned. He went and learned it for oh, the good movie. for him. Yeah. That's you know that's why one thing I always would I, I found myself if I if I was an actor one of the best things that I would like about it is having to learn something like that like learn how to. Like say play the saxophone or ride a horse or yeah you know like fly a jumbo jet or you know like you know crash a, a hot air balloon yeah. all those kind of things. Well, jo- John Wayne was famously terrible at horse riding. Was he? Yeah, well, he's, he was like maybe too big. Yeah, uh-huh. I think that's it. He was like six 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 or something. Good thing and he just most got- of the horses were too small. Probably. <laughs> was David Carradine's was her his martial arts skills was that true at all or was it all? I think he had like you know I went to karate school average people in the 70s kind of skills and yeah. then he had movie 
movie he was taught movie would fighting. have been trained right? yeah he would have been trained movie fighting by people True. who worked in yeah the he, biz probably, he and, probably had like, he, he could have been like a like a lower belt i bet because because so. movie movie kung fu is not real kung fu right he, he's oh, on, he was on a tv series so yeah you'd have to keep doing it over and over of course again, so. yeah. that's true i'm so, sure that he pick up some I'm, sure, I'm sure he did like the real basic stuff he was probably really good at yeah Anyways, let's, uh, let's talk about this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Getting sidetracked a lot. Yeah. See, that, that's what one of Dylan's strengths is to get us back on track. Yeah. Me, I like to, I could talk about anything all night. Right. I don't really care. Well, like, I'd be happy to not even talk about the movie anymore. Yeah. Like Crossroads. <laughs> did Ralph Macchio really play guitar? <laughs> and did he really play against the devil? Played by Steve Vai. Steve Vai, the devil. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a whole other can of worms. Anyways. That's a different podcast. So, we, so we've got this neo-noir that just keeps yeah. getting weirder. He's, uh, Bill Pullman's kind of losing his mind. He's having trouble in bed with his wife. It's yeah. weighing on having him. Having bad dreams. Bad dreams. He thinks his wife's cheating on him. And then uh, and then people start sending him creepy videos. Oh, like, yeah. That was like real <laughs> the movie. Well, I'm sure that you remember the Cash or Cache, the, yeah, the yeah. Michael Haneke one? Yeah. Obviously, this came yeah. way after this. So, But uh, that's such a creepy, weird... Yeah, um, thing to do, and and if you you know, and I think even if you hadn't seen the movie yet, and even in 1997, you're 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 just assuming that it's Robert Blake based on the trailer. Yeah, because he looks so creepy, right? He's so creepy. you're like, oh, Robert Blake is the one sending these, vi- obviously well, sending these. He's videos. the one with the video camera at the <laughs> yeah, end as yeah. well, chasing a exactly. little woman into the car. Yeah, I guess he, well, he kill he kills his wife. <laughs> Yeah, and, so he wakes up in the morning, his wife's dead, after yeah. he dreamed about killing her. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, he's he's obviously lost his mind, and then he's, yeah. he's in prison. And this is where, like, off, up to this point, it's basically a fairly cohesive narrative. You know, it's, it's, it's creepy, but it's not, yeah. like, bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Well, he meets yeah. uh, Robert Blake at the party, which is yeah. probably the best scene in the whole movie. Yeah. When, um... Oh, he, just just Blake's entrance. Oh yeah, just, apparently, apparently um, Robert Blake, who had no idea what was going on in this movie or what his character yep. was, uh, Lynch uh, said, "Listen, I'm going to give it leave it to you. You know, uh, you know, make a character, like put some uh, some thought into it, with some tone yep. and 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 what you might want to look like." So he put like this kabuki makeup on and slicked his hair back. I think he shaved his eyebrows or something. Yeah, too. <laughs> he's so fucking creepy. Yeah, and he's so, he's so awesome. But then he comes in and he's like, uh, "We've met before." I don't think so. It's just like, yeah, I'm at your house right now or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's so awesome. He's like, then you know, okay, this is getting surreal. Like, yeah. I'm at your house right And then he is. With yeah. the, you know, the, 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 the old, old-timey old cell phone that he has. Yes. Mm-hmm. With the little out thing. And the, it's in, yeah, he it's calls in, him and he's there. It's, it's in the, the leather case. It's like a walkie-talkie. Yeah. Walkie-walkie. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I love of like older films. Not even that, the film's not even that old. Yeah. It's just the technology is so, is so far advanced in such a short period of time. But yeah, and he so and that's where sort of when he goes off the rails. It's been said that Robert Blake in the movie doesn't actually exist. He's like some sort of a rage and sanity kind of like terror, uh, okay. psycho, psycho. Anyways, there's all kinds of different yeah. theories. He's, could, he's 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 a figment of yeah. He's the second imagine. best thing in the movie next to uh, Patricia, Patricia Arquette. Arquette. Yeah. yeah, and all those. But he's is no no. But his presence <laughs> is amazing in this too. Yes, like really, he's totally unforgettable and. Uh, I, I Even, really I really appreciated Robert Loggia in this this go around yeah. actually yeah um, it's funny um, well, there's a, a bit I read about Robert Loggia in this because um, he was um, he was up for the Frank Booth character yeah he really wanted that yeah, yeah. and uh, and he was so pissed off that he uh, he didn't get it he uh, I guess he called up Lynch and was like swearing at him that's <laughs> awesome just screaming at him and uh, and so Lynch wanted to use that 
that rage and that actually that's a scene when he uh, attacks that tailgater guy oh that's yeah. great that's a, what a what a great scene that is yeah it, just it is like goes goes from zero to 60 yeah. and like actually i read an interesting thing um the guy that uh there's a whole bunch of weird crimes that are associated yep. with people yep. in this film yep. Robert blake being the obvious one who yeah. you know murdered his wife yeah um, in real life yeah. after the life. movie yeah. i don't yeah. know yeah, and then, and then he, he claimed, well, it couldn't have been me because I was running back into the restaurant to get my pistol. <laughs> he was acquitted, but then yeah. he lost a civil suit, uh, kind of like O.J. Right. And actually, a lot of this movie is based on uh, what Lynch saw. He was fascinated with the O.J. trial. That's correct. Um, and, all, and the pursuit and all that I kind just, of stuff. I just saw that trivia this time when I was looking at it, and I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense, actually, because that was just a couple of years before. Right? I read about mm-hmm. it at the time. Like, it was mentioned that It was, was mentioned then. He, oh. It was some of the issues he was going to look at. The well, there's the one with the, uh, one of the cops. I don't know which guy it was. One of the four cops in there, because there's the two sets of cops that yeah, follow the, people. The, the, two, the two detectives that show up uh, yeah. when they call the police. Yeah. Um, one of those guys turned out to be a mob hitman That's right. slash cop <laughs> yeah. who, who went down for like dozens of murders in yeah, 2006. Totally. I know. And he turned, he turned state's evidence, I think, and is like, got like some time off his sentence that's, or something. That's, oh. that's crazy. Yeah. And uh, another guy, I, I think it's the guy, um... Uh, no, it's not. It's the guy that uh, they go to rob and they uh, they accidentally kill by. Which oh was, yeah. Which is when I saw that scene. Oh his yeah. Head goes through the table. Yeah, that's uh, wild. That oh, awesome. it's disgusting. Yeah. It's one of the is it, sickest is it, deaths. Is it, isn't that kind of? Isn't that kind of like the one in uh, Body Heat? The guy oh, in the, the in the table, the girl. She goes right into the table, isn't it? I haven't, that's I haven't, so. seen, I haven't seen Body Heat in forever. I can't yeah. remember. That's apparently how William Holden died. He was drunk at home and he fell and hit a glass table and it killed him. Really? Wow. Yeah. I don't know if it was like an instant impalement kind right. of thing, but he died from the injury at wow. home. That that table must have been like affixed to the floor because yeah. he just went head first. Oh, yeah. it's like brutal. It, it really? didn't budge. Like right in the, yeah. yeah, that's like like welded to the floor kind Apparently of table. Apparently that guy, I believe it's that guy, was the guy that accidentally killed Brendan Lee on the set of The Crow. He's when the guy that like shot the yeah, yeah, thing the, that, wow. Yeah, I know. Wow. Yeah, it's like all kinds of crap. Wasn't another <laughs> guy something involved with this movie? He was spotted on the grassy knoll. Yeah, yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was uh, Bill Pullman. Is that what no. it was? Yeah. <laughs> really? Wow, that's no, cool. No, no, there's some weird old people in there. I bet you it could yeah. be. Yeah, John Robert Wilkes Blake. Booth has a cameo in this film too. Who does? John Wilkes Booth. He does. Yeah, does he? He does. Oh yeah. wow, yeah. he must have been old. Yeah. Well, interesting. Um, but anyways, yeah. So he he goes in prison. He's on death row for murdering his wife. Yeah, and then uh, that's when things. Well, yeah, he co-create. he he's getting the the headaches that he was getting are getting really bad in mm-hmm. there. And then and there's that blue flashing light. There's a blue flashing light, and then the prison guard comes and and looks, but not not Henry Rollins, but a different prison guard, right? Uh, who looks like a character actor who must be in a million things. I think yeah. I remember seeing that guy and going like, "Oh, that guy." Yeah. Oh, that guy. Exactly. And, and, There's a lot uh, of "Oh, that guy" moments. Yeah. In this yeah. Movie. And and you know, from being a prison guard in some other movie or something, like yeah. Shawshank or something. Yeah. And but then he looks in there and he's like, "Holy shit!" And then he gets the warden. Yeah. And you don't see exactly what's happened until mm. the warden comes and looks, and then you see that he's it's Balthazar Getty. It's Bel- Yeah. He's, he's gotten younger and and yeah. his, his hair's gotten greasier. And well, the 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 he's got uh, a bruise on his face. The uh, the, the theory, one of the theories that I saw about uh, today was everything that happens after this is all in Bill Pullman's mind as he's waiting. Execution. As he's waiting. That, so this is like a fantasy world where he's a younger, I, I, handsome guy. I think guy that's what I heard when, when, like back in the day, I think I heard somebody saying, yeah. advancing that. Well, it, make, it, it kind of makes, makes sense too, um, because everything that happens after that is like, it's another story, basically. It's another whole movie. 
Yeah, uh, no, it's, which is still another noir kind of film, just you know a little bit different. With yeah. uh, they got the you know with the picture picture Charquette, like you know seducing him to kill this guy to get away from you know Mister Eddie, aka Dick Laurent. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to start the movie when he uh, gets the the buzz at the the door. Nick, uh, Dick Laurent is dead. It just like sets the whole like that could go anywhere. Yeah. I, was, so. I was thinking that might be a good ringtone for your phone or something. <laughs> Dick Laurent is dead. <laughs> it just goes over and over. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was it was pretty uh, it was pretty cool. Um, but and then so like everything that happens after that, possibly in Bill Pullman's mind, um, you know, because uh, well, a, which a, leads up to Dick Laurent actually dying because you yeah. know most of the film Dick's alive yeah. actually, and then and then it gets it's all you know messed up because then he's back at his house near the end, yeah. telling himself, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dick Laurent is dead. It's just like it's such a, a like it's, you can either try and overanalyze this thing, and it's, there's not really not much point. No, um, just I like it more of as like a an experience and a, just a enjoy it, you know, yeah. and just wa- watch it and get a, whatever you want out of it and. To most people, it's not going to make a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, that's why. That's why Dylan. Uh, another reason why Dylan is not doing this movie because he refused to do this movie. He said, "I'm not watching that fucking movie again." He did yeah. end up watching it eventually, did, did he? but then it was scheduling and stuff. So yeah. it just seemed, and it's great because I would much rather discuss it with Josie than. There we go. Dylan. So when it was, <laughs> don't give me wrong. Yeah. Well, did, don't give me wrong. Well, yeah, well, also, Dylan, it would, would have been interesting just because he was such a hater and yeah. stuff. But no, this is a nice. He would have been sighing. He would have gone ah, oh, oh, the whole time. But on our podcast, Is There Before Breakfast, we review final episodes of TV shows with one catch: at least one of us hasn't watched any of the series before. Who built these robots? It's be difficult. <laughs> Is it a metaphor? <laughs> what does it mean? Where was the creek? Yeah, I saw no creek. Did it ever show up? <gasps> yeah. Wow. <laughs> Dessert before breakfast. Available wherever you get your podcasts. I, just, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> the, one of the things was one of the first things you said, one of the main things in the movie that I got that time that I was able to stay awake first time through <laughs> it was that when... When Pullman's, whose name is Fred Madison, which I, I find to be like such a noir name for a, like <laughs> totally, it could have been you know, on any. 40s it could it could have been it could have been like Dana Andrews or somebody mm-hmm. named Fred Madison, Fred right? Madison. Like like one of those noir guys could yeah. have been named that, right? Um, he when he tells the detectives, he remembers to prefer things like you said as not as they actually happen, but as he likes to remember. Them. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm like, man, well, I mean, don't we all? Really? Yeah, but like, <laughs> you're never wrong, then. Yeah, you're never wrong, you know. And and and, but that's such a um, kind of like an abuser mindset. Mm-hmm. Like these guys who you know, like, kind of excuse their her- terrible behavior because obviously, like, there was a couple of times in that where he was having a hard time with her, where it, he had a coiled violence happening. Or you thought, was well, yeah. he going to hit her? Or something? Yeah, you could see, you could feel that tension. Yeah, you could feel it, like he's going to hit her or something, and he, but he doesn't. Yeah. Until you know she ends up dead. Yeah. And then the rest of the movie where she's in it, and whether she's another person or not, she's still alive. Yeah. Right. But well, well that's a, that's the thing because if you look at the. Th- the theory that it's in his head, yeah, because it's this, it's this, it's the same woman, just different hair. She's got different hair. And she's a little, she's, and she's got a different name. Yeah, and there's that, there's that weird scene where they, there's a picture of her, the two of them. The two of them. That's the yeah. thing. There's like two yeah. picture charquettes in the picture. Yeah. But that's later, an awesome moment. So but, you're but like, later are on, they twins? But later no. on, when the cops come, there's only one. There's only the one. There you go. I don't know what that means. I didn't notice that <laughs> in the second time. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. makes sense that they would change it up, right? Mm-hmm. 
trying to put all those weird puzzles together and whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, I don't know. Well, you want a movie to make sense, right? And and sometimes they don't. Yeah. Well, right? that's the thing. If you go in, like especially especially from this on, this point on till from everything he's done since, uh, you can't really go in it like hoping yeah. to for a straight narrative. Yeah. Like, well, Wild at Heart is weird, but it's a straight narrative. Yeah. You know, it's like basically a road movie. And Blue Velvet's the same thing. And um, I'm trying to think. And the the guy who wrote Wild at Heart co-wrote this with him. That's right. Which that guy is a very noirish writer. When I rewatched Wild at Heart a couple of years ago, which I hadn't seen in ages. I'd like to watch that again. Oh, man, it holds up really well. Does it? Yeah. And it got me to, I'm like, I'm going to read the book. Because the book actually came out like a year before the movie. And Lynch got the rights right away. He read it when it first came out and got the rights right away. And he's like, I really want to do this. You know, that was a movie I I really dug at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. I remember seeing that. I I, I hadn't seen it in a long time, right? And when I rewatched that, I was like, I'm going to read. And I read, there's like seven books that have Sailor and Lula. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so they made a whole the there's a whole thing, and then that that one that weird movie with a Peter Perdita Durango, right? That was also in I think 1997. Was it oh. uh, close to it? If it wasn't, is that uh, De La Glacius, that guy? Yeah, yeah. is that De La Glacius or yeah. whatever? And that's really weird in its own sense, right? But the book of that where she's the main, kind of the main character, and has those two characters is really good, and reminded me some of the a lot some of the the scenes in those books of the later it's all just the later life of sailor and lula and people around them until they're like 70 right oh interesting yeah (laughs) it's really cool and but some of the scenes are like right out of this like just the mise-en-scene of it Mm -hmm. in lost highway it's got a it's really got a vibe of that writer yeah like just just from having re, you know a couple of years ago reread I re I read all seven of those books. You read all seven, wow. yeah, and in a row, and they're all short. They're all like like 150 pages. Oh, perfect, right? So like the whole thing is just like you know one one Game of Thrones book or right. something, yeah. right? <laughs> it's just this giant thing, right? But I really got a vibe of like I don't think I paid attention to he was the co-writer before. But I also didn't know his writing before. So now that I know his writing just from the novels, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you know, I can see that in this movie too, not just in in Wild at Heart, but I can also see right. his. And some of the stuff that does make more sense, I think, comes from him. I think he, I think he co-wrote the screenplay. He co-wrote with, the yeah. screenplay. So yeah. like, you know, there, there it, it has that Lynch weirdness, but it also has some really good dialogue here and there. Mm-hmm. I love the exploding house image. Yeah, that's really good, where it like goes back again. Yeah, yeah. And oh, that's that, 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 the beach house one. Was yeah, the fire that's like some fire. Got the fire gets sucked back in after it explodes. Uh, is that what you talking about? Yeah. yeah. When you say that too, there's another one, another exploding house. Well, there's many moments within. It's not just the one image. It's it's this. But that's activity, and that's yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, I love that image. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's mean just what? two really well <laughs> two two fragmented short stories tied together, and, and yeah, and. I wish he'd do more stuff. <laughs> we should do more stuff. Listen to our team. It's funny. I was reading it like it, this movie wasn't particularly well received. No, like, uh, across like uh, there's a, the funny. The funniest bit I read was uh, Siskel and Ebert both gave it thumbs down. Yeah, and Lynch's um, re- response to that is like two two more great reasons to go see it. Yeah, no, they they put the quote on the poster two yeah. thumbs down. That's that's hardly a thumbs down movie because they didn't no. get it. Obviously, yeah. Like I I thought that maybe Ebert might have. Uh, I, I think I, what I, my memory of what they were talking when I thought that they both found it like just too pretentious. 
I don't know if it's pretentious. I don't know because like, what is pretentious really? Like it's you well, know, it's it's a word that people throw around a lot when they don't want to deep dig deep. When into, they don't understand what's going on. Yeah, or they don't want to dig deep and they could find out. Like I'm pretty sure those guys are both capable of figuring out what's going on. Yes, they just They're, meant they 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 were thinking it's like almost like he's pulling a trick yeah. on them. Like, yeah, yeah. He doesn't really have anything to say. It, it annoyed them. But you're them. trying to pretend that you yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah, no, I really like this movie the the third time round or fourth, pardon me, fourth well, time round. Well, I actually finished it. This is actually the first time round then. Isn't first it? time round then, <laughs> but the uh, the fourth, the most successful attempt to watch the film. Did not fall asleep. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, I didn't look for a lot of like wrap mm-hmm. up ultimate meaning yeah. or anything. It's almost like yeah. you're just visiting two really messed up lives, mm-hmm. and you spend some time with them and meditates on them a bit. There's a the the hook the the themes like the 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 mystery man played by Robert Blake and the yep. femme fatale victim played by uh, Patricia Arquette and then even the ending I don't want to give it away but for me even that was satisfying this strange much yeah. much debate I, I don't want to say anything as yeah. a spoiler but anyone who ever sees this, uh, usually coming oh that ending too but I t- it worked for me I like it the just, ending as well it drops in on these two really messed up lives yeah well yeah. You, know, you know the 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 ending kind of reminded me of um, Speaking of weird noir, the you know the one at the end with the nuclear yeah the, the, the suitcase and stuff. This, the, is, yeah, the, this is this kiss is, me deadly. Kiss me deadly. The ending <laughs> of it sort of me to me echoed kiss me deadly a mm-hmm. little bit. Isn't Just, that your band name, Nuclear Suitcase? I think it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of my one of my fake bands. Well, there's there's a there's a number of things that I I thought of like when I was watching this. I was like, yeah, this is a number of things from Kiss Me Deadly. Yeah, yeah. because it's got a weird surreal. Anyways, uh, we'll talk about more of that yeah, when yeah. we get when we get to our pairings. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, yeah. that was one of the things that this time watching it, I think more even more so than the last time where I maybe enjoyed it more. Mm-hmm. I was also maybe a little more stoned the last time. That uh, that helps than this time. Yeah, and uh, comparing it to other films that I've seen, in just in terms of noir or storytelling, in doing that kind of against the grain kind of like oh we're not we're not going to give you a happy ending or mm-hmm. or really an even or an ending a coherent ending or coherent ending yeah. really we're going to give you something something to think about something to think about yeah. so you know some of those movies that don't give you that wrap up you know i i think just putting it in the context of those other films is an interesting exercise in when you're watching it again mm-hmm. yeah. cuz it's a movie you you know even if you don't like it i feel like you'll probably end up watching it again somehow yeah it's it's a it's a really you know it's an obvious it's an odd film and uh, i quite enjoyed watching it as well parts of it i didn't like um, yeah. and overall it's not one of my favorite lynches um, i would put it it's a yeah, i think on the on the lynch scale it's yeah. probably not for me, not in my top lynches, you no. know, like for me, the top is always Blue Velvet. Blue Velvet, yeah. And then Wild at Heart. Yeah, that'd be up there. Twin Peaks is up there for me. Yeah, Blue Velvet, for me, it's Blue Velvet, Wild at Heart, and then everything else is kind of like, yeah, depending on how long it's been since I've seen it. Exactly, what mood you're in. Like Eraser yeah. Head shot to the to, near the top for me after I first wa- after I watched it for the first time this year. Right. But stuff like um, Elephant Man, which I also watched for the first time right. this year, I didn't like that much. Well, that was a director for hire job. It's probably his least, I hate the term, but least personal movie. Right. He was headhunted by Mel Brooks. Who Maybe Dune it. might be his least personal movie. I forgot he did Dune. No, but no, but Dune, he was passionate about the material. Really? He, I mean, he, he just was headhunted. David he Lynch to. was hired by Mel Brooks to make The Elven Man. It was Mel Brooks's dream project, but he didn't want to make it himself because he thought Mel Brooks was. Yeah. Mel Brooks's Elephant Man. Yeah, that's, be taken that's seriously. People are going to take Mel that Brooks's the wrong way. So no he God. hired <laughs> David Lynch because he was a huge fan. Mel Brooks was a oh, huge fan of Eraserhead, and he hired David Lynch 
to do the elephant man obviously the script is good enough that lynch was of course sure i'll do this but it was also a big opportunity for him mm-hmm. that he didn't want to like say no to need like mel like and him it's liked a good each movie other. and it's got a lot of great lynch yeah. stuff like the, yeah. the sound design in it is, he was is my given, favorite part of that movie he was given chances like uh, you can you can put in moments that are really kind of your personal style but but it was mostly to do a professional job he did right. a really solid job of like a gothic drama mm-hmm. yeah yeah for that era and he was yeah that's that's why a lot of people are even some people are at least are surprised to even find out it's a David Lynch yeah. movie. Well, same with like the straight story. Like, By the way, like, that's like the most Unlynchian David yeah. Lynch film of all of them. Yeah. No, I like that movie a lot. Apparently, I'm pretty sure Andrew Saris. I could be wrong, but a lot of the kind of avant-garde critics who who triumphed, who championed, I should say, yeah. not triumphed, who championed Eraserhead turned on Lynch a bit when when Elephant Man came out. People were saying like it was a sentimental. Sell out. Oh, oh yeah, he's selling out by doing the Elephant Man movie. Yeah, that's, that's, that's wow. Well, that we're just talking at that time. <laughs> no, and it is still, a wonderful movie. That's, but, that's just silly. But who would turn down an opportunity like that in their career? And the yeah. material turned out to be right for him. It's a classic yeah. film. You might be able to say that about Dune, but not Elephant mm-hmm. Man, really. I Dune know. was, I think, a lot more personal Dune, Dune for him. Is, like he went for it there. It Dune was like is a also, project he Dune, really Dune, to, to me, Dune is, is still unfilmable. I like the new I one. Like the I, new I liked one. it, but it's not the book. I have never, well, I've read, never the read the book. It's, it's, no, it's it's not the book at all. It's I fell asleep during the it's, book. It's, it's, I'm it's, illiterate. So. It's just it captures some of the vibe of the book for sure. Yeah, more more so than the Lynch one, but the Lynch one was obviously hampered by, you know, the time. Yeah, and and the, and, and what you could put in a movie at that point. Yeah, the, those terrible looking sandworm. Anyways, yeah. we could three hour three hour movies in the early '80s flopped. Yeah. Three-hour movies now are like some sort of standard thing. Like, I know. You know. It's like it's a, and you have to have a post-credit sequence. And you have to well. have a post-credit sequence yeah. too. Which is so like you, a you short can't, film. You can't, you, can't, you, can't, you can't leave in the middle of the credits. You know. Yeah. No. Exactly. So I think we're all on board that we liked it. Yeah. 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 yeah it I is did. A, it, uh, on the Sight and Sound uh, best films of all time. Yeah. It comes in at number three hundred twenty-three. Out of how to, many? I don't know. All of them. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought Every that was. I thought, I thought that was hilarious. Like, yeah. it's like, like, like someone put that in the, the little bio. And wow, how did you episode. decide that too? That position in particular. Yeah, I know. Who did Best film that? of all time somehow. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a fun movie. Uh, it I is would, a fun uh, movie. I'd, I'd recommend it. Like, not it's not for everyone. Like, um, you know, because yeah. there's a lot of violence in it, and uh, women don't fare all that well in this movie. Well, nobody uh, really fares well in the no, movie. Really. That's true. Except, well, except maybe the Robert Blake character. Yeah, but he seems to be doing what he wants. Yeah, that caught up to him in real life, though. He may it have did. gotten away with it on screen. He but. did, but yeah, that's right. You know, apparently this was that was his last. Uh, it was his last, his last movie. movie. Same with uh, Richard Pryor. Well, I think little, by the way, tiny role you, you, that's sad about Richard Pryor. I think uh, Robert Blake is still alive. I don't expect is, him to make a comeback anytime yeah. soon. But well, he's like just to clarify, 90. he's not dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, he's oh. not. And and he's the the you know the last living uh, little rascal. He was in our gang. Oh, that's oh, right. Wow. He was he was uh, Baby Bobby in the the original our right. gang. And then they changed his name when he got older. Oh. But he was until Baby he was Bobby. five or six. He was in our gang. He played the young. I read this about him back when he was, uh, you know, the, 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 he got caught up in the crime that his wife mm-hmm. killed and obviously he did it, but he got away. Um, I was reading all this about him then. He played John Garfield's, he played a young John Garfield, like in a flashback right. in a Joan Crawford movie, Humoresque, where John Garfield plays a, 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 a very unconvincing violinist. 
Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> he's, you know, John Garfield's like this, you know, like guy who plays people in mob movies and yeah, stuff, yeah. right? And he's got this violin and he's like, <laughs> his best. <laughs> his big meat hooks all over. Yeah. It. <laughs> his two best films, in my opinion, in Cold Blood, yeah. in the supporting role. He's great in that. And he's really also is. incredible in. Um, Electric Light and Blue. That's an all-time fave. That movie's incredible. By the way, um, talk about one of those big turning points. Apparently, he was the first choice and was briefly attached and then walked away for some reason from playing Ratso in Midnight Cowboy. Yeah, yeah. He totally could have done that part. Yeah, yeah, he could have. Hoffman owns it, but Robert Blake would have made sense. The film still would have been fantastic with Robert Blake. Yeah, he turned down a few things, didn't he? He was was also Beretta, which is where I first saw him. You could take that one to the bank. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow, I thought Robert Blake was in the room here. With his, with crazy. his, uh, he is. Oh my God, I'm turning what into was him. His, my face is, what was his? My hair is slicking back. Cockatiels. He had a cockatiel. That's right. Yeah. And and a great theme song actually. That show had a really Beretta, good. Uh, my name's Beretta. That yeah, that was exactly that it. It was eerie actually. Yeah. How? Actually, one other thing I that I thought it, the Beretta theme performer and composer was in the room for. He some was. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one other thing, other thing I liked about this movie is the soundtrack. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. 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 The, the sound design and the soundtrack is great. It's I, like, I, that know. and that's you know a, a very Lynch thing is that the sound whether it's uh, Bad Lametti, which I think it is in this mostly. Yeah. And him. I mean even like the music like the, you know, David Bowie, you got yeah. Ramstein, you yeah. know uh, uh, Nine Inch Nails. It all fits. And, yeah, little Smashing Pumpkins if you like that kind of thing. But yeah, it does all fit. It all works really well. Um, but yeah, so I think we all like it. That, yeah. That's, uh, yes. If you were to say you were to uh, some guy, somebody ran into you on yeah. the street. And they said, hey, what have you watched lately? And you said, Lost Highway. I really liked it. Hey, give me another movie to watch with that. Yeah. Because we don't do two for ones anymore. Right. Obviously, because we don't but, have to But, you know, shop. you want to you give somebody a recommendation but nonetheless. Say, say, say you're at VideoCat. Yeah. And uh, you're looking for something to pair up with uh, Lost Highway. We yeah. just happen to be in there for some reason. Yeah. And they ask us and Seth Clerks, yeah. what would you say? Well, you know, when RJ goes out of business and we buy all his movies that's yeah, what's and reopen a shop over here yeah sorry rj this is in the far future yes yeah. way in the future i still say the future of black dog video is an outlet in kingsgate mall <laughs> <laughs> i i think somebody should open another video store in there well we'll see yeah what's your what's your pick there jody okay well i'm not going to go for the one that I, I i'm pretty sure you're you you uh because i mentioned actually, already yeah <laughs> but my, but my my first my first instinct uh was two different ones but i'm just going to give you one of them i think a really interesting pairing with this, Bruce McDonald's Highway sixty one. Yeah, yeah, that would. I it, think, it, yeah. it it has the devil in it. Yeah, it has some weird shit. It has the word highway with, in it. Yeah, it's got a weird. It's it's got the highway and there's driving stuff, but the driving isn't even super crucial. It's more about the weirdos that they meet along yeah. the way. Well, that's yeah. always it's the best part like of a road a, movie. Is yeah, the weirdos you meet along the way. Right, just like in Lost Highway, it's really just about that Lost Highway in at the end. Yeah, and and there's the that same driving thing from the beginning of the movie, right? Yeah, so, it's going but, really fast. But for me, so I think crazy. I think that that that's a it's an interesting thing. Yeah. And I had a backup in case somebody else had that. And it's not the one that we talked about earlier. Okay. Well, what's your what's your uh, what's your second one then? Well, I don't want to give it up in case somebody else case? has that. Yeah. Okay. And then I'll say it at the end after you guys do your one yeah. your one pairing. What about you, Alex? What are you looking at for a pairing for this? Saint Elmo's Fire. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Interesting. <laughs> Why? Why is that? I would say to the person whoever asked me for about a pairing or something to watch with, I would say, watch Saint Elmo's Fire, and I want a fifty-page frame by frame comparison of Rob Lowe's sax solo and St. Elmo's Fire alongside with Bill Paxton's 50 page that's a lot solo in 
Lost Highway. Lost so, Highway. Do I get 50 a page maximum, and I'd say I want it on my desk first thing Monday morning. Do, you have, you do I get desk? a master's you, when this is over? Teacher all of a sudden? I get a master's when that's over. Well, I think so. Yeah. Did you just pull that out of your arse uh, doing the podcast tonight? Because we mentioned that earlier. No. Or did you, I, have, did you have that in your back pocket? No. As soon as I watched, started watching this movie again, this, this fourth time I watched it, all of a sudden it was like, because you know it's all that strobe yeah. light flash and him playing yeah. sex. I swear I kept seeing subliminal imagery of raw blow and that yellow <laughs> tank top. Was it was it like like in The Exorcist when that face cut just shows up really fast in the screen? Sort of. It was, it was the, the whole vibe that Lost Highway was giving me. Yeah, this, mm. this alternate right. universe I was seeing. But you don't see Almost Fire is not a very good movie. I know that, but that being said, it's one of I find it an extremely entertaining movie, although it's not a very good movie. Mm. Saying Almost Fire, yeah. but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the sax playing that. Just, Didn't you want to do that for this podcast? Oh, I d- did, you and do, I still want you still to. Want to I thought it would make a good the riff tracks we were trying for a while there, yeah. but I prefer, uh, I would like to just do it as a Yeah, podcast. the riff tracks really didn't take off very well. Yeah. But I don't know what Dylan's um, uh, commitment to that movie would be because he doesn't like it and I think he might He's got it. it. He can't just keep <laughs> turning down movies. Well, that, that, I think, I think the Dylan a, Reimer show featuring a, Darren and Alex. Is, isn't that a good thing when one of the person really dislikes it? Doesn't it make yeah, a good podcast? Yeah, well, that's what I say. That's why That's why I, I kept saying, dude, we got to do Lost Highway. You don't like it. Alex and I both like it. Yeah, this, for a fun podcast. this was a really pleasant evening, and I yeah. was, I'm really glad you're here, Josie. But part of me wishes you kind of hated it, you know. <laughs> part of me wishes, or you, Darren, and maybe yeah. you hated it. I it was a really pleasant uh, discussing yeah. this movie yeah. with you both. But yeah, uh, but yeah, I think we all agree it is. A, it's a fine movie. I'm not saying it deserves to be yeah. hated, but I I much prefer to talk about films when someone. At least hates it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah well, it, just, it, it does. It does make for a little more fun conversation. Yeah. And then you get personal, make fun of them and stuff like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. So like, but um, uh, but yeah, Saint Elmo's so Fire. What's your well, I've already. It's already been. It's already come yeah. up. Was uh, it was Kiss Me Deadly? Yeah. That, uh, great noir, which I just watched again for the first time this year. Yeah. I watched a lot of first time movies when the store was going. When I decided yeah. that we're going to be shutting down, yeah, I started just binging stuff yeah, that yeah. I need to watch. And that was one of them. And I thought it was amazing. I, I watched it, you know, I'd seen it years ago with without the ending because it was not included in whatever version I saw. Really? Yeah, it was like just ended with them on the beach. Oh, that's really weird. Right? And they, they cut that ending out. And it was like on a tape or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because like that, that movie influenced a lot of movies. Like, yeah. Oh, like, so like, many. Like yeah. Pulp Fiction yeah. being one. Yeah. I bought it when uh, the shop closed. You were selling it for a very reasonable oh, you had price. It. Yeah, I bought well, it. Maybe I'll borrow it. It's a it. wonderful yeah. movie. I keep borrowing all the ones that, well, I, that I didn't you get. Know, you know what the interesting thing is? My, my backup one, though. Yeah, what's your backup one? My backup one was the, and not the remake, but the original Nightmare Alley. Oh, that's a, that's a good because movie. That's a really cool movie. It yeah. is a really cool movie. And that guy also is not really who he seems and you don't really know who he is yeah. even in the end. Yeah. Like he's just, he's sort of a cipher and then he becomes, you know, what he was at the beginning again at the end or whatever, even less, right? He yeah. becomes the, this, the this, priest this, boy, this, uh, this, um, chicken boy or whatever. Yeah. Well, this movie, uh, Lost Highways, but some people described it as a Mobius strip that sort of yeah. loops around itself. Uh, Nightmare Alley is exactly that. Yeah, because you know he starts off like uh, shows yeah. up as like the most down and out guy. Yeah, and then ends up ends as up even worse. Even down worse, guy. he's the, he becomes the geek, right? Yeah. he looked at like okay, I'm not quite at rock bottom. I can yeah. do better, and he yeah. does for a while, and yeah. then he ends up being well, the then, geek. He, he, he's like rock top. Yeah, you know, rock whatever. top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's living the high life. He's yeah. rich and but not. But yeah, anyways, that's a, that's another movie for another discussion. But yeah. That's a great movie. It yeah. is. Uh, I like the new one too. It was yeah. just too long, it was but it had moments of greatness. It looked. 
it looked great. Yeah, um, it had some really good scenes for sure. Yeah, it, had, it had backstory stuff that wasn't necessary. It yeah, could have been shorter. It could have been a lot It was shorter. still a, what was in there, the parts of it totally gripped me. Yeah. But um, anyways, let's uh, oh, let's give a shout out to um, one. Um, yeah. Everyone's favorite uh, barber on the drive. Yeah. Uh, Jefferson down at uh, Jeff and, uh, and Scott and all the, the crew down at Jefferson's Barbershop on uh, Commercial and I think 4th. I can't remember exactly the street. I can never remember the street. I know where yeah. it is. I just don't know where it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, It's over do. by that bookstore I can never remember the name of. There's a bookstore over there? Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, Around the corner. <laughs> okay, good. From Jeff's. <laughs> but yeah, they uh, they do good They do good work. They cut all my hairs uh, on my head, and they do Dylan's as well. I don't know anyone else who goes there, but... Uh, no, I haven't had my hair cut in a long time. Alex goes for his legs uh, getting done there. Yeah, oh, you can tell. Yeah, well, that's pretty looking pretty good there. Um, anyways, yeah, and another shout out to our uh, our buddy Greg in the other room over there. We keep sequestered. Hello, uh, Greg. Making us sound as good as we do, and uh, hopefully that uh, comes across, and I know yeah. it does. And uh, yeah, that's it for this um, podcast episode. I think this is number 65 or something like that. This is a fast in the, one. In the I, think. I think it's a fast one. Well, yeah, which is... Fast highway. Yeah. Fast highway. Fast lost highway. All right. Well, thanks for uh, for joining us, Joe. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. It's yeah. good to see you again. We haven't seen you in a while since yeah. we closed yeah. the shop. So and, next um, time we meet, that uh, one of us hates the movie. Yes. Yeah, let's let's do that. <laughs> All right, then uh, everyone have a good night. And as Dylan likes to say, everyone be good to everyone out there. Is that what he says? Something like that. Be good to be good. Anyways, he says just be good. What? I don't yeah. care what he says. What do you say? Yeah. Be good. There you All go. Right. There we go. All right. Good night. Good night. All right. The Black Dog After Dark podcast is recorded at Black Dog Video on Commercial Drive in Vancouver, Canada. It's presented by Alex Chisholm, Darren Gay, and Dylan Reimer. It is produced by Dylan Reimer and Darren Gay. Alex just kind of stands there and drinks beer. The intro and outro music was recorded by Tiger Burning Bright, composed by Jeff, who works at Jefferson's Barbershop, also on Commercial Drive. And he's a damn good hairstylist. <laughs> I'm sorry about that, Pete. <laughs> But tailgating is one thing I cannot tolerate. <laughs> yeah, I can see that.